Oh my god, his ass now. Do I have to be fast on the track? I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns. We're at 15bmx.com. Go on, do my best, and whatever happens, then it's good. My butt all got stretched a little bit. And I got a tight little butt. Look, I'm about to light this shit up. Coffee chatter live. Where are you guys at? Oh, Canada! Coming out of the answer tent right now. Pop Dog Millionaire! Let's make some noise. Sorry, Nighthog! Whoa! Show 222. Caroline Buchanan. We haven't had Caroline on since beginning of 2020 when she was coming back to BMX to try and qualify for the Olympics. It'll be good to hear what she's up to. I feel like she's always up to a bunch of stuff. Someone who is just mixing it up in the world of cycling and action sports stuff, like just always doing something new. I, to be honest, as much as we keep track of the, like, you know, these athletes, especially when we have them on, we want to like catch up, see what they're up to. I have a hard time with her because she's done so many different things lately. I've just, mm. Yeah. So we, we got a lot to chat about. We got to figure out what she's been up to. Yeah, she's done a ton of different stuff. Um, anything two wheels, I feel like she excels at. So it'll be good to hear from her. Uh, Pro Gate Europe, Caroline, like like everybody knows, winning starts to the Great Gate. Um, Berlin 2014 World Cup winner. How about that one for the archives? Wow, that was a good one. Good throwback there. On, hey? a, Pro Gate, on a Pro Gate Europe. Weird. You know, you know, you'd wonder, you know, what are they using back then? What are they using now? Well, we're using the same thing. You wonder why it's still the best gate out there, you know? Go get one today. Or you could get one for your local track. You just got to go to Pro Gate Europe. I don't know if it's .com or not, but you're going to go to ProGate Europe. <laughs> we don't know the website, but ProGate Europe. Just, just go Fucking to ProGate Europe, you know, just tell them coffee chat. What a couple you. clowns. <laughs> uh, that's how you know That's how you know a product is just top line when it's just been the same, yet it, like same product for just years being used at the highest level. It's true. It's true. If it's just, you know, they say if it's not, not broke, don't fix it. Well, not only is it not broke, well, they've just been making it better and better over the years. You know, they've been adapting to the times. They make it better. That's why you should get one because, you know, it's it's up to the times right now. I'm going to make a bold – I'm going to start off the show with a bold prediction for the 2028 Olympics in L.A. Hell yes. Drop it on the I was ran. I was randomly thinking about this, and I'm going to say my rationale, and I think it's pretty sound. I think Ava Corley is going to medal at the 2028 Olympics in LA. Oh, 20. Okay. Well, 2028 Olympics. Wow. Okay. So we're, we're talking five in years LA. away. Mm, four, uh, yeah. Five, five yeah. years away. Yeah. Hmm. Let me explain my rat. Let me explain my rationale. All right, obviously. Yeah. Uh, okay. Obviously outstanding rider is racing really well on Supercross and is already winning U23 world cups. So another five years, she'll be what? 21 or so. So, Clearly, I'll be, I mean, young, but good age. Dude, she lives in the greater LA area and you have an Olympics in your base, in basically your backyard. And after, what we know now about how big of an advantage it is, not only racing your home country, but your hometown, I think this could be a recipe for a huge performance. And I think there's, there's a lot of things that got to like, things are going to move really quickly in her life for that to happen, I feel like, in the next five oh, years. Oh, yeah. It's a bold, it's a bold <laughs> prediction. The fuck it, I'm calling it. I like it, though. I mean, I think if, we're talking of like youngsters that could come and just podium at those Olympics. I mean, what other pick do you have right now that you would, I don't think you'd have another, there's not another girl right now you'd pick other than her, I think. So that's a good a one. Lot of, yeah, that's a good a one. lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good riders have had success at the Olympics at a young age. Obviously it's, it's a lot of time between now and then, but I think, I think it's very doable. 
Do you think, is there like one, um, one place in the world for you winning like a medal or the Olympics would be more special than somewhere else? Like for her, if she's from that area, it's definitely got to be LA. But even for a lot of people. Imagine, okay, let's just pause. Imagine having the Olympics in like your home fucking city, your home backyard. It's like unbelievable. The, it's, um, yeah. Like think about the, the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics. All like the, the winter athletes that are just from Whistler that are just like, mm-hmm. that's just their local yeah, mountain. It's like, though they know those ski. Like I, I know they change the slopes. They change everything. But they know those those runs like the back of their yeah, hand. Yeah. Like doesn't matter. So comfy with that. Like that's talk about that difference you were, you were saying. And I was I was thinking about Elise too, obviously, but she'll be she'll be the how old am I? I'm 31, so she's 32. She'll be th- she'll be 37. That's really old. You never know. <laughs> you never know. But that's that's a steep ask. I mean, I think Felicia Felicia's a bit younger too. Like she's what 28? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, twenty. We'll go twenty-eight. Oh, uh, so 27, she'll be thirty-three. Yeah, I mean that's doable too. Time will tell, but we'll see. Do you think if you had to make a bold prediction in this exact moment, knowing what you know right now, will do? You, would you bank on Elise going to twenty twenty-eight? I'm thinking no. Thinking that's a little far. I I, I know better than to bet against Al, but he's like thirty-seven. That's that's pretty old. Like. It kind of, you know, even if you're a top athlete, she's that's really tough. Part of it, I don't even think of like age when I ask that question. I think of like, man, does she really still want it at that time? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. It kind of sucks. It kind of sucks because you think of Elise in her prime racing at home Olympics. Yeah, good luck beating Al in the U.S. and <laughs> <Yeah>. L.A. two <laughs> two hours north of where she lives. So. Yeah, that'd be nuts. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm trying to think if there's any special place like if they had the Olympics, there would be more special than somewhere else. I don't really know if it would. You mean so? What was your questioning? Would it be more special than medals somewhere? Yeah, like what? What city or place having the Olympics would like be extra, extra, extra special to you? Yeah. I mean, if I want to go medal in Vancouver, I think that would be that would fucking I think top it. It, it really sure. just is your hometown, home city. A hundred percent, it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, home country, but I think you just it's just magnified if it's your like actual hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Can you imagine? Can you imagine medaling in Vancouver at the Olympics? That'd be unbelievable. Like the that would be of, unbelievable. you'd have all your friends there. You'd have so much family around. Like you just have all mm-hmm. the people you want to have around you there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, just having an Olympics in your home country, let alone your home kind of city or area is so rare. Like think about the actual amount of people that have experienced that. It's like hardly any. Yeah. It's already a 1% of the 1% for most of the time you're talking about people going to the Olympics, then you get in their home track. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And it's complete luck. Yeah, like you have no control over that, obviously. No, 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 no. So, so like even just having like World Cups at home, I mean, you get lucky if it's in your in your home country when you're in your prime. Yeah, it's weird. The Dutch have got lucky a lot. Like that's weird. A lot of their home. <laughs> <laughs> every year. It's not luck for them. They just have it every single yeah, year. So. so that's my bold prediction. Um, we're gonna see and we'll see in a you know a quick five years. I look forward to somebody somebody have this mm. in their notes and have a reminder set for five years from now. Actually, have it set for like four and a half years and then remind us, maybe even four years. Just remind us in four years. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. Um, wh- while we um, discuss this next topic, I'm going to get a throat lozenge. My throat's already bugging me. Are you sick? Are you sick? Oh, he's walked away from the mic. You know, flu season's running around, James. You got you to gotta keep, uh, gotta keep up with hygiene. Oh, he's plugging back in. There he is. We're back. Wow. 
That took you a long time to plug your mic back in. I don't know how it came out. The little thing came out of the earpiece. I know that normally uh-huh. doesn't happen. First day. Sorry, we're still. We're I'm gonna still... rant. I'm gonna rant here first. I'm gonna rant here for a sec about about the time zone cha- or the time change we still do. Mm. What the fuck are we doing, dude? It got approved to not do it anymore, like four years ago. And I saw something on the news like last week, and they were saying like, yeah, you know, you know, um, this next weekend the time change. Don't remember or remember to um change your clocks back an hour you know it's been approved and they just said some bullshit reason why it's not like actually (laughs) happening yet it's like why is it so fucking hard let's just let's just not change the time i gotta isn't it california the one that doesn't want to change they said i don't know i was watching local san diego news they said it was approved but for some reason it's i can't remember the reason you could insert some some bullshit bullshit political there's just there's no reason there is no reason so what just, just have a meeting. <laughs> you, you, you idiots, just have a meeting, and we'll just not do it anymore. I thought so. I thought like years ago. I'm, this is like maybe two, three years ago. I thought I heard that they wanted to switch it, and they've always wanted to, or for who's, a while. Who's who are you referring to as they? Um, I'm gonna say they, as in like Canada, West Coast. Let's say British Columbia, yeah. Washington, and Oregon have all wanted to switch it, but California didn't, and they're so big that they if we if we can't just these West Coasters can't just switch yeah. without California switching. So it's like it never happened. That's I did hear that years ago, but then on the news they just said this. So I don't know what's so difficult. It's like Weird. if the decision has been made, just do it. If it hasn't, just have people vote on it. And then if it gets passed, just let's just not change the time. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that difficult. <laughs> I don't like it this time of year either because then the days are super short. Like it's five and it's dark. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of weird. I don't really find the, the need for it anymore. It used to be because of farming or something, wasn't it? It is, yeah. It's for farming. And nowadays, like with our technology, I mean, it doesn't even make that much of a difference, does it? I don't. I mean, I'm not a farmer, but I don't think so. Um, if we have a farmer listening on here, hit us up. Maybe some farmers just screaming at me right now. It's like you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel the same way. It's like people say it's so many people these days feel like it's a waste of time. And I mean, the for me, I mean, that one extra hour on the weekend, cool. It's awesome for like half the day. But then, mm. like, does it really make a difference? No. Otherwise, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna. I just remember. Did you send Caroline the link for the Zoom? Yeah, I sent. I sent it. Yeah, I think. Check your okay, okay. check the DM on Instagram. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I just thought of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah, you sent it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Did she? Did we account for the time change? Oh fuck! <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. We should yeah, probably she, send her. She a might not. She might not be coming on the show today. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this so is who be a changes problem. time? See, this is this is the problem with the time change. Do they not change time? Are we the only ones that don't? Probably not. And if they do, it's probably a different. It's not this. It's not like the same day. You're like uh, worldwide. Huh? Maybe we should send her a DM. Uh huh. Absolutely, we should. Yeah, yeah. By we, I mean you. You got your phone out. <laughs> My yeah, phone's okay, recording I'll, I'll this shit. <laughs> Caroline. This would be our we... luck that we just we plan this. We tell her we're like we know there's a time <laughs> change. Time we, change. We make the time change work on both ends, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we get Five, an hour difference. <laughs> Five thirty is in fifteen mins from now. <laughs> Are you available? Still? Is does it still work? Still work for you? This this would happen, dude. This would absolutely happen. Okay. I'm not sure if you guys 
I'm not sure if you guys change <laughs> times also. <laughs> All right, this is fluid. We'll see. Fluid, ever-changing situation. Um, pray for us. This is just something we don't take into account. <clears throat> yeah. On a good note, we uh, we're playing the Coffee Chatter live show at the Grands in Tulsa, Oklahoma, United States, North America, World um, Expo Center. I don't know if I just said that. Uh, it'll be Friday after the quarterfinal, after the pro quarters, Friday at the Answer BMX Escort Claiborne Pit. Get yours today. We'll be doing our live show for the third consecutive year. Oh Boom. yeah, we will, baby. Oh yeah, we will. Here we go. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a pro on too, so we'll have a nice guest. It's gonna be fun. It always is. Just a it's a good time mm-hmm. to hang out. I mean, dude, we're at least me. I know you're going down there to coach riders. I'm coming down there just for this live show. That's how you know it's gonna. It's a big deal. It's not a small, small little deal. Okay, the race is cool. I mean, there's a this big old race going on. Some may call it the greatest race on earth. No, no, I'm coming down mm-hmm. for the live show. That's what I'm coming for. Mm-hmm gonna be a great time um and by live we mean live in person it won't be live it, w- it won't be aired live but it will be live in person <laughs> you have to this be is very there. there's always a big confusion every we get dms every year where's the live show i'm on youtube where where is it at where's I mean, the link it's not, it's not yeah because the wi-fi in this in the stadium sucks so we can't really stream it live it's not and yeah, i wouldn't want to do it like that it's not as fun we're there for the people you know Meaning yeah. like we're there we're for men like of the in, we're men of the people. Yeah. You know, just that's what we do. <laughs> men of the people. Um, I was also thinking, should we do another outstanding rider of the year or some sort of chatty award this year? Like we did last year. Let's do a chatty award. Let's do something different though. Because I mean, I mean the first year we did these, we did four different awards and then we kind of, whatever, shut it down back to one. I think we just do one. Let's, let's do a fun one again. Okay. So what should set award? So, for those people that don't know, last year we did a Chatty Award. It was Outstanding Writer of the Year, and Isaac Kennedy won it, which he was outstanding. Yeah. So what kind of award do we want to do this year? Um, like I think we do something. Like, we could take one of our old ones and do it again. Like, we could do Pass of the Year. We could do Crash of the Year, something like that. It's just going to take a little about, more work to find them. What about Performance of the Year? And we just mm. pick uh, maybe a main event, a specific main event for a few people. Okay. Yeah, we can do that performance of the year. And it's obviously USA BMX only. Yeah. And so I think this is the problem. People also consider, I think they consider holistically all the races this in, these individuals do. And we got to stick it to you. We got to stick to just USA BMX. I think that's okay. Like it'll be okay because the only person I think that would, the two people that would take the cake if people thought USA BMX wasn't included or was, it was more than just USA BMX would be Saya and Romain. Both those people aren't going to be at the Grands, so it's going to be mm-hmm. noted that it's only USA BMX races, so you can't pick those two people. It's got to be some other people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we could do that. All right. Now we got to start right, five races. All right. Yeah, we got to dig through the archives, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll think about it. We'll we'll get it together. We got it sorted. Uh, so I saw a story. So Sullivan's so social media check-in. Romain Mayu posted a story that when he was in Oz at the Oz National Champs, so he used to, kids were going up to him asking him for photos or whatever. I can't remember the exact caption, but it was something like, great to see that kids still enjoy like um, asking pros for autographs. And it's almost like he was surprised. <laughs> I was like, I kind of laughed. I was like, dude, you're, you're world champion. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Of course kids are going to come up to you. I think, I don't think it's a, like, I don't think it's something that's gone away or ever will. Kids have always looked up to pros and have always gone up to pros for autographs and photos. True. True. I just, I, it, you got to think it's a little bit less sometimes. Like sometimes you go to race in the U S I mean, 
you got superstars there, and it's like you think more kids would ask for photos. But I guess it's like Romain's never been world champ, so maybe yeah, maybe it's just like it's the first time he's been world champ to be in that position where it's like people know that he is the world champion. I think that's isolated to the U.S. Though I don't, it's not, it's not like it's declining. I think it's kind of always been like that. Not that right. that pros don't sign autographs and stuff in the U.S., but I think like most of the pros are based in the U S too. So I think right. a lot of kids are used to seeing pros at local gate practice. Like think about, we always used to like, all of us used to ride at Chula Vista. There'd be like fucking eight Olympians on a Tuesday night in Chula. And <laughs> none of the kids would care. Cause they'd see us every week. Obviously. <laughs> true, I yeah. think it's something like that where it's like, they obviously don't see pros. They see pros all the time, whether it's at the local track or at races. So it's probably not as big of a deal, but other countries. Yeah. You go to Australia or South America, Europe, whatever. Like I always signed way more autographs, took way more photos overseas or in different countries totally different too i think when you're there by your like you're not there with a ton of other pros in that category in the sense of all the top aussie mm-hmm. guys were there but he, romaine was the only he's the only like foreigner at that race because he's he's there with hanging out with saya while they do their national championships so he's the only foreigner plus he's the world champ plus he's world cup overall champion plus he's dating saya who's a superstar in australia so the combination of all that plus australia seems to obviously love they love BMX. They love their pros and all that. And mm-hmm. So I think that combination probably just, you know, accumulated, accumulated, accumulated in just all those photos and people probably coming up to him. Yeah. And I think too, like, especially outside of the U S a lot of riders, like particularly in Oz, cause it's pretty far. Like a lot of them might not have left the country before and they probably haven't seen any, like they probably watched a lot of these pros on YouTube or world cups or whatever on TV, but they probably never seen them in person. So it's probably a big thrill. Yeah, hundred percent it is. Yeah, that's that makes it got to make a big difference too. How far it is for them to travel, and not being able to see these guys all the time at you know a race here and there. It's so, um, I think it's really cool, really cool to see. Um, onto the grands, USA BMX on our social Silva on social media check in uh, released a kind of cryptic photo of just an M shape. You know, one one could assume they're going back to the M shape track. Okay, let me go take a look. Okay. Oh, you didn't you didn't see this, did you? Nope. No, no, no. It's on a, Oh, where is it? Where am I looking? Where am I looking? M. Oh, just an M at the Grants. M. Hmm. If you know, you know. Dude, it's got to be an M-shaped track. So they either have the munchies or the... Yeah, the track's going to be M-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> I got snacks going on or like, you know, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the M. Which you just love to see it because it's just the best layout. You have so much floor space in that arena. You could make a long first straight and long second, third, fourth, and just yeah. overall really good track with pro set and everything. I think I've been, I love variety at the Grands. I think it's the one place that I like them to do cool things and make different kind of style tracks. But the layout like last year was not awesome. And I don't think. I oh, think it was maybe. absolute. Last year was absolute rubbish. It was complete <laughs> rubbish. Let's track. just go with that. It was just, it was trash. It's it was. Good. Last year was crap. They Last tried. year was the worst Grands track. That was the worst Grands track I've ever seen. No, that is that's that is far. What's the worst one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that was the worst. Was by far the worst one I've ever seen. Okay, so there you go. I mean, like they tried something. It didn't work. That's part of the Grands. You got to try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So don't just do the same thing again. They're not. They're going back to the staple. They know it's going to work. An M-shaped track is going to work just fine. So that's good. And I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind with, you know, if, if they try different layouts and stuff, that's a bit of trial and error is how you figure out what works really well and what doesn't. And I don't think the layout last year worked very well, but there's been really sick layouts in the past. And I hope it's, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a good one this year. Yeah, I think it's a, I hope so. It's going to be a lot of good people, a lot of good riders there. You know, 
classes. I think the class is close this year. I mean, you still got obviously like every year at grads, you got a few of the top guys that kind of stand out. But there's been those years where you know it's the first, the top three, and then everyone else. And maybe it's that way this year. Maybe it's a couple of the guys, and then everyone else. But like I don't know. I think that everyone else is really tight. Okay, Caroline update. She said, "Yeah, logging in now." Okay, we're good. fantastic. We're good. You know, yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. As well, yeah. I didn't know if we. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think. Um, but by the way, did you see Cam? I was going to talk about Cam Wood for a sec. Did you see? See all the triples he did in the last two straights at. Um, in Phoenix, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Guys got yeah, skill. That track has always been sick, dude. I've never been there. What track is that? Oh, uh, what's I don't know if they call it Goodyear now or what? What do they call it? But that's that one. Okay. AZ AZ Pro Track. I don't know what the Maybe. official name is. They've changed it a couple times, but the track's really good. I I like it a lot. I've trained there in the past. Yeah, it looks like it. it seems I've seen like videos from people training there quite a bit too, and looks like a good spot. Good size hill, actually. I don't know if that's. Good or bad for USA BMX stuff, but um, definitely a fast track and one with good long, good straightaways. Speaking of which, got some intel on Black Mountain. So Bubba's the full, I don't know if he's owner or like op, or full-on operator of it now, but the new layout is pretty sick. So it's going to be an M also. The gate's obviously in the same spot. The finish line is where the last corner used to be, and they're going to clear out some bleachers there. Wait, they're changing it again? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be like an M shape, but the finish line is where the last corner was before. So it's going to have like four long straights back to back. Okay. Dude, didn't he just, didn't he just switch the track? I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Exa- I, think I don't he, know exactly why they're changing it again, but yeah, I feel like his, his thing was that he wanted to make sure that, you know, you got new tracks to ride all the time. So, um, if that's the case, I mean, dude, that's so sick of him to be doing that because it seemed like they did had a track that seemed pretty decent last layout. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, well, I'm watching the video now already changing it. I see cam out there check, checking it out with him. With Bubba, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really good for the national this coming year. Probably might be the best Black Mountain track of all time. Put Black Mountain back on the Pro Series calendar season opener, please. Yeah, it's not again, right? No, it's not. I don't know. Is the there a schedule is? out? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't there is a schedule. Things. I can't. I can't remember the top of my head if it's. I can't remember the top of my head if it's a pro race or not. I love that one. Black Mountain or like the. I like that. I like that national. I like yeah. racing that track. It's a good season opener, right? Oh, it's sick. The yeah. Desert Classic? The Desert. <laughs> it's so good. Dirt turns. Normally, like, the best dirt turns on the circuit because there's only, like, probably two or three tracks of dirt turns to choose from. So, it's legit. Let's see. Uh, USABX Pro Schedule. It is a pro race this year. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. There we go. Come on. Yeah, it is a pro race. So, I'm looking forward to having the pros there. Love to see it. Um, I saw there's uh, USMX is doing like this cool little coffee and treats kickoff thing with uh, a bunch of pros. Um, I think that's pretty cool. A little opportunity for people to go meet and greet the pros before the grands. Oh, the coffee thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Oh, we got Kara in the chat now. I was, I was just going to ask. Yeah. Bring her. We'll give her a second to join here. It always takes a moment. <clears throat> uh, uh, uh. Oh, Buchanan is connected. What's up, Caroline? Can you hear us? I don't think yet. Oh, she just muted herself. <laughs> there she is. How's it going, Caroline? Good. Do you want me to throw headphones in? I mean, up to you. Okay. Is the audio fine? Yeah, audio is fine. Nice. How have you been? So, no blast in the past to see everyone. Do you guys, first of all, do you guys set your clocks back in Oz? Yeah, so it's jumped. It's We switched to daylight savings which I actually, luckily it was an hour later because I'd scheduled now before. So I just cleaned my place anyway. Okay. 
So that's, that's the same with us, I think. So we did the, yeah, we did our hour time change on Sunday. Totally forgot about it until today, thinking of like, oh, wait, did we just mess up here? Yeah, we didn't know if Oz did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we do it as well. And I was in Brisbane, which is half hour difference to here. So I just, <laughs> luckily, luckily the Google smart and it calculated for me. So where, what are you up to right now? Where are you? So I'm in Canberra. I've been based back here for the last like four years since I moved back from Southern California, sold up my place to uh, Andy Buckworth and he's like redone all the backyard and Temecula. Um, I miss it. Like I definitely love living in America, although Australia's home, family here. And I've definitely like settled in and there's just so many riding opportunities. I'm two hours of Threadbow, which is like really good mountain bike resort. I'm at a capital city. So I just tend to like fly all around the world still. And it's a good little home base. I got to ask, so like, I try to keep up with like, you know, the things that, you know, you're doing, but also like whenever a guest comes on, I want to know what they've been like transitioning from and to. And for you, it's so hard to keep up because obviously you came back to BMX for a bit in 2020. Uh, I know you've been doing a bunch of the pump track stuff with Crankworks and all that. And then you've also been jumping into the freestyle world, right? Yeah. And broadcast on top, which is bringing yeah. me full circle back to the BMX world. No kidding. Yeah, I'll be over in Paris next year, actually, with the Aussie team. So running around um, doing the field reporting. So basically just getting the interview grabs of freestyle BMX and skateboarding for our Aussie team. And then at the same time, I'm going to co-commentate BMX racing with Scott McGorry, who he did our lead last year. And he's like, hey, we want you as the expert analyst. Um, coming in so I've actually been yeah I've chimed back into the whole BMX world pretty heavily in the last like year and actively listened to probably every single one of your guys's coffee chatters over <laughs> yeah, the thanks last for listening. <laughs> few months I mean I've dived back to Liam Phillips and Dale on the show and Saya last week and um yeah I really enjoyed it like I checked out a little bit from the BMX world and now I feel like yeah full circle have come back to yeah being being entrenched in it again yeah, I was going to ask, what was it like kind of detaching yourself from it and then coming back into it? Um, well, it's just been like, I think it just runs with my personality. Like I'm probably undiagnosed ADHD, to be honest. <laughs> um, I have jumped around so many like disciplines of cycling and I always would just thrive on the challenge. So yeah, I mean, from BMX racing, the roots at five years old, starting as that little sprocket rocket in Australia state, national, international, going to the world championships at nine in Paris and then moving at 18 years old to America to basically launch my BMX career, follow the ABA circuit, um, right through to Olympic Games. Then I diverted into freestyle BMX. Mountain biking was in and out for four cross world championships. So I like would break every four-year Olympic cycle up with mountain biking. (laughs) And then here we are, like basically 33 years old, still riding a kid's bike for a living and loving it. Hell yeah. Do you miss like the yeah. BMX side of things at all? Cause like, I know it seems like you have a lot of joy in the, the mountain bike side, especially. So. I do miss it. Like, as I said, I have just been watching everything lately. And when I throw on my TV, I'm like throwing on like the last few world cups and just absolutely watching like Saya dominate, which I'm so glad she's, she's back on it. And, um, Yeah, I think for me, like I get that little bit of that competitive head-to-head racing gated action in mountain biking. It's not quite like seven deep supercross hill, but it's still 
slalom is head to head side by side pump track mm-hmm. is head to head side by side so i think that's enough of like that that racing component um as well as the freestyle and everything else okay i was gonna ask like what's it like especially obviously bmx is so competitive against seven other people and head to head and everything what's it like transitioning to freestyle when it's when it's like you're by yourself kind of <laughs> working on your own stuff all the time and even when your runs obviously there's no one around well it was initially like really terrifying and then it became like addictive so i noticed like bmx racing is basically 50 50 you are on the bike and it's all very like skill driven and then you're off the bike and it's you're building your engine it's basically like mm. strength power just in the gym grind so it's kind of this like 50 50 whereas mountain biking i feel like is especially freestyle it's so heavily skill orientated that the really only off the bike stuff is mobility for like injury management mm. so it is a little bit more intensely consuming like imagine only focusing on nine pedal strokes on a hill day in day out that's all you do and you're like (laughs) all right rhythm section proper first turn inside like it um you don't really have that external uh training element of like strength conditioning speed like everything that you'd normally do off the bike so I found when I first went to freestyle I was like so overly consumed by the process and every small little thing but it was really cool because in racing you can train for six months to show up at a national and you are looking for those like wins and you might be able to see that that block that you've just done you might be able to see that shift in a performance and then you get that win for yourself um or for your team or for your sponsors and then in freestyle it's like when I first jumped across, like I'd never taken my hand off the handlebar, like 15 years of my racing career. I'd never even been attracted a little one hander. So I was like full L plates on, let's take one hand off the handlebar. And I was like, Oh, well, that was weird. But it was a win. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, yeah. That entire training session, it was instant, instant gratification, instant win. Like um, doesn't matter if you're starting from the beginning. So yeah, I really love the challenge of like, well, I've been on the bike for so many years and achieved so much, but you're going back to absolute basics of let's learn a T-bog, let's learn a one-hander. All right, let's now try a tuck no-hander. Then it starts flips and flares and superseed indies and everything else for the racing and what I'm doing now. Yeah. Well, oh, it sounds terrifying. <laughs> 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 kind of does yeah oh god it sounds so scary yeah, yeah. i know i definitely i look back at my fear of going down a supercross hill and i'm like oh i should have uh should have not been as scared <laughs> back then <laughs> so true what was the attraction for like the freestyle stuff like what made you want to start doing that or like explore that side well i think last time we caught up with coffee chatter it was uh right before the australian two rounds of the supercross yeah be- beginning of 2020 yeah Yeah. And it was this whole, I've had two years out of the sport. I'd come back in. I had this outrageous goal that I wanted to do freestyle BMX and then race at the Tokyo Olympics. And I'd sort of come to the realization that like, I just needed to focus on one and it was the racing. And I didn't make the qualification for the BMX racing. The incredible thing that it did for my career was it built my body back from injury. It gave me this huge goalpost to go all right you've been out of your sport for two years 
you've had three sternum reconstructions, 13 surgeries, uh, you're basically coming back into an elite high performance level sport, but you've been out of your job for two years. So um, mm. I was pretty realistic with myself that like, I might get to Tokyo, I might not, but in the process, like I knew the training to get back under a squat rack, to be squatting 140 kilos again, to be deadlifting, cleaning. Like I knew that if I got the capacity to do that, then my career from that point on, whatever bike or whatever avenue I wanted to go down, um, it would be available. So yeah, it kind of, since we spoke last on Coffee Chatter, the whole world of mountain biking has just opened up with mm -hmm. Crankworks. Um, Queen of Crankworks has been like my last two-year goals. And then the whole FMB, which is freestyle mountain biking, that's opened up for women too. So yeah, it's kind of just been this whole progression and just doors opening for women that I've just been jumping on and riding the wave. And it's, yeah, it's been incredible to see. I feel like BMX racing is a really tough sport to step away from and come back to after a couple of years, especially like even for someone like you obviously won the worlds and world cups and all that. What was, um, so when you took the two years, like you didn't race for a couple of years and came back in 2020, what was, what was really challenging or yeah. Anything different, like anything like that? I think in that time frame, it was the shift of the next generation of talent coming through. So mm -hmm. I feel like my sort of generation of athletes were the ones that were a little bit too young for the Beijing Olympics. We had a solid crack of like a 10-year stint of two Olympic Games with Rio and, and then the London Olympics. And I noticed when I stepped back in, I was like, well, who's Zoe Cleason's? I was like, well, who's this other girl? Like, you know, they, yeah. they, were, they were juniors I didn't even know. And then next minute, you know, they're on the gate with the elites. So I think one of the first challenges was just the evolution of BMX and this whole wave of talent that that came through with, with Bethany. And I think it's such a props out to Elise Post and Mariana. We're all of this same age uh, category and they're still in the mix, like I had to have yeah. a 15 year career at the top of a sport is almost unheard of in racing. Um, and they're still doing it. Same with Joris. I think it's, I look at them and I'm like, wow, how do you still have the same energy to do this? Um, I've just kind of sidestepped into a different platform. <laughs> <laughs> so I know from like when you won your first uh, mountain bike world championship was 09, right? Four cross. Yeah, right? 09 in, in Australia. Yeah, in Canberra, right, too? Yeah, actually in Canberra, which um, yeah. full circle back to grew up in Canberra, family home burnt down. They rebuilt a bike park from the ashes, won my first four cross <laughs> championship wow. there. Family home is like buried on under that mountain, like where all the bike park is. And then actually this weekend we've got Act Jam, which is um, uh, they've just built a – dirt jump line which is insanely incredible um and yeah like chris fox and all these international athletes have cool. come from around the world and ryan williams logan martin um everyone's coming to this dirt jump event this weekend in my hometown and it's at that same bike park so pretty rad they're absolutely huge okay. dirt jumps, and i'll be there this weekend right with on. everyone with What's the what's the progression been like that you've seen from from 2009 till now in mountain biking, but maybe women specifically? 
because obviously we've seen the massive progression in BMX racing, like between 2009 and, and 2023, but what's it been like on the mountain bike side of things? Yeah, I think on the mountain bike side, initially the shift of like the BMXs, which got into mountain biking, like the Jared Graves, Brian mm. Lopes, Wade Boots, myself, we really only jumped into four cross. That was like kind of the gateway, the gateway drug to mountain biking. <laughs> kind of like and a BMX know, hybrid. <laughs> it was, it was like the yeah. BMX background athletes were the ones that like did four cross. Um, that was really the only platform. I think since 2009, it's now four crosses died, but it's opened up into pump track, which has exploded globally. Um, dual slalom, which has really taken off in, in the crankworks and sea otter and all of those categories as well. And then there's been this whole evolution of speed and style, which is basically dual slalom with two jumps that you get scored with your tricks. So your tricks deducted by your time is your overall, overall result. So dual slalom has um, kind of evolved into speed and style. That's been an evolution of sport. Then the whole free ride world has gone from rampage and this big bike Utah to now slope style where you can be on a hardtail um, on these slope style kind of courses and that's gone into the whole FMB world, which uh, has now involved women as well. So, yeah. So many bikes, so many opportunities. And I think what's really cool about it is when I grew up in BMX, you were just an ABA rider or you were just an Olympian. And then with mountain bike, it's like you were just a downhiller. Whereas now it's like there is so many avenues to whatever you want to thrive on and whatever you like. You can do that or you could try like do what I've done the last two years with an incredible base of all the disciplines that I've competed in and sort of set out that goal of winning the queen of crankworks title, which has really been a testament to like my BMX background and my 15 years career. And it's pulling all the diverse skill sets to be able to go into a crankworks season, which long story short, it basically involves a four stop tour. So it's New Zealand, Austria, New Zealand, Australia, Austria, Whistler. It's Whistler, baby. With, yeah, Whistler was traveling with 130 kilos of baggage. I would have four bikes. Sounds easy. Yeah, four bikes, um, a bag and helmet. And it was 28 events and over the tour. And it was downhill, which is like roughly four or five minutes long. There was air downhill, which is more like a BMX track downhill with a bunch of tabletops. Super fun, about three minutes. Then there is slalom, which is head-to-head -head downhill. Then there was pump track, which is no chain, very much like head-to-head -head racing, little pump track environment. And then there was speed and style, head-to-head -head with the jumps. Um, and amongst all those bikes and all those disciplines, you have your overall king and queen of the entire tour pretty wild hey to do all those events at one yeah like no one kidding stop, i gotta imagine you're super busy at just one crankworks event like you're just non-stop like. yeah it's gotta be exhausting too doing all the different dis like uh, yeah doing all the different events it's gotta be exhausting especially with practice and all that you know what it kind of isn't when you prepare 
your body, it's so different. When like if I go back to a BMX track now and I do a lap, I am gassed. Like <laughs> I feel like that absolute raw just sprint yeah. capacity, that is a trained skill that you've got to dedicate so many years to. Took me a few years to shift my engine to basically be like a little bit more endurance based. And as soon as you get that little bit more endurance capacity to last eight days of like a crankworks event, practice poly race, practice poly race, practice poly race, signings, autographs, whatever else is going on for eight days, you're like, all right, then you have this like bit more endurance to handle it. And then you've got that mental clarity. So yeah, it took me a few years, but other athletes like Jace Cunning, who's obviously come from a BMX world mm-hmm. as well, he kind of started with with pump track and he's like, oh, I might give style a crack and he's killing it. And then, oh, I might give like spin style a go. And there is more and more BMXs kind of like realizing they can take on this challenge and they have so many of the skill sets to be that all round athlete. Yeah. I've always been a big believer that like- BMX racing, it gives like riding a BMX bike and especially on a BMX track gives you a lot of bike handling skills that can transfer over to other disciplines. If you, kind of get yourself comfortable with them, like into mountain bike world, even to downhill and stuff. Do you find that as well? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I can't shake the BMX background title yeah. from ever. Like yeah. it's every commentator is always saying that, but it truly is like when you start in BMX on a, on a strider, on a balanced bike and you, you learn to pedal, you're on flats you're learning that leg speed, you're learning race craft, you're learning the fundamentals of like literally pumping and gaining speed. That is like so much bike awareness that I have so many friends that have gone into road cycling or track velodrome into mountain biking, or you, they've pursued their BMX racing careers right through to an Olympic level. Um, yeah, it's, it's such an exciting time, I think, in the sport. And just to like look back at, the career and be fortunate enough that if you lean into like a lot of discomfort, like it hasn't been easy. Um, I've sort of thrived on learning to become uncomfortable and trying to get comfortable really. And if you do that and you say yes, and you take on these opportunities or you show up at your first ever four cross event at 18 years old, or if you like lean into like, Oh, I'll take on a crankworks world tour when you lean into those moments, like that's when you shine and yeah. think great things can happen. So, so we enjoyed it. Yeah. BM- BMX is great, obviously. Like we all love the sport, but I think mountain bike is, is really interesting because there's like you've, like you talked about, there's so many different avenues you could do. Like there's so many different events. BMX is so like single minded focus and there's only kind of one opportunity for success. But I feel like mountain bike, there, if people are willing to do it, there's a lot of, um, it opens a lot of doors. Definitely. And I love that, like, the whole BMX side and going to an Olympic Games, like, this is my, like, closing ceremony. London. Yeah, I was going to ask, what, I was going to ask what's framed behind you, yeah. It's like my my London um, 2012 Olympics closing ceremony outfit. Um, cool. Yeah, I love that I got to go to Olympic Games for BMX racing. Like, that is something that, like, in mountain biking, Unless you're a cross-country athlete, there isn't really that pathway Mm. to Olympic Games. And that is something that's so special. And, like, I really hold so much value in my heart that I did compete for Australia. I went to an Olympic Games. And to now say, like, all right, I'm going to my third Olympic Games um, in Paris next year, but behind a microphone and supporting 
the broadcast and supporting the athletes from a whole different perspective. It's yeah, like I'm feeling the emotions for for all the athletes already. Um, it's really cool. What is that? What was the kind of the idea behind you doing that? Like, did you obviously when they came to you, was it just an instant like I want to I want to be on the broadcast, I want to do it, or is it because once again it's another new avenue for you that's like I don't think it's something you've done a lot in the past. I don't imagine. No, no, I think. There was a few opportunities to do the last Olympics, um, but I sort of just said I didn't feel like I was ready for it. It's it's a definite skill set that I've learned recently. Um, got a little bit of mentoring from uh, Megan Olivia. Actually, she works alongside Joe Rogan in the UFC, and she just helped me. I said, hey, like I have stepped into this whole world of broadcast. I'm an athlete. I'm a high performer. I really want to do a good job, but... I don't even know where to begin. So <laughs> she she lent me some time and just sort of broke down a little bit of the structure and do's and don'ts and gave me some great advice. And yeah, leaning into those people to just go, hey, this is a whole new world, like a whole new challenge. Um, I said definitely yes to this Olympic Games. Uh, I feel like just the the timing from the last Olympics, I had too much going on. Whereas this Olympics, I'm like, yeah, like I would love to, I'd love right. to take on the co-commentary role. But I think I reached out to you guys actually the other day and said, do you have stats? Because I've got to do my homework now. Like right. totally yeah, looking yeah. at this whole different perspective. Yeah, it's... Hey guys, do you have any stats? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, right? It's like the amount of stuff you have to probably know off like the top of your head, just boom <clears throat> about riders. It's going to be, it's tough. Like if you want to do a really good job, like that's where I think it makes the difference and where I can imagine it's hard to like, hard to learn all that stuff. We need well, to I put it to the coffee chatter audience. If there is any, um, what do you say? Analytical bike BMX racing people that want to help me. Um, I basically need to structure together the top line stats of the. It's hard to tell now because obviously, like I think fifteen BMX put up their predictions for the Olympics, so we we kind of like roughly know who might go. Mm -hmm. But it's looking at the predictions of who the male and females will be at the Paris Olympic Games. And then just doing top line stats on them. So I fortunately enough got to go to the V8 supercars last week on the Gold Coast and sat behind the broadcast and saw their notes and took a photo and was like, oh, that's a pretty seamless way of um, breaking it down quite visually. So you can straight away go, oh, Joris, he's been to three Olympic Games or like got X amount of world yeah. titles and you had like an instant stat base. So yeah, if there's anyone that wants to help me, happy to... Um, Sling you some money for your time and help me study for an Olympics. I wish we had, I wish we had more of that in BMX. Like it'd be interesting to know like um, how many World Cup mains people have made or their like uh, um, probability to make it out of a semifinal based on their past results or like that kind of stuff's really cool. And you hear it like I don't know football, hockey, soccer, whatever. You see stats like oh this team's come from behind in the third quarter like this many times like you just hear good interesting stats but we don't really have, we don't really have it. I feel just like too we bad. Need like to pull it'd be, together this would be interested. Yeah, let's pull together the audience and let's come up with that. Like <laughs> how many how many athletes might have whole shot it but not won or like who has won mm. every final they've ever lined up in or like yeah let's break it down a little bit and go on even looking at world championships and Olympic games, just looking at the lanes and who's won from what lane and what probabilities mm. and percentages, because 
it's not always lane one anymore. And I think just even having those top line stats to throw out there when we're looking at it would be such a cool broadcast perspective. It'd be interesting because I'm pretty I'm sure really lane, lane two is not a high high uh, value lane, really. It's not. So it's like no, things it's like not. that. It's like it'd be nice <laughs> to have the actual stats on that. I'm really interested to see what Vegas does with probability for riders. That's really fascinating to me because it's, they're not really BMX people. So they're probably just looking at all big race pass results, but they're not like kind of in the BMX world and don't know the people. So it's right. interesting mm-hmm. to see what who they think is like statistically the favorite. Definitely. We'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, work in progress. I think it's going to be awesome having. It's going to be awesome. I think having you behind there, knowing BMX once again, and like knowing the the terminology and like the let's call it the slang and stuff too. Because I really get frustrated when you have somebody in the booth where it's obviously you don't have to have two BMX people, but having one person at least that just knows exactly BMX stuff so that they can share it to the actual BMX fans that are talking doesn't have to be completely dumbed down all the time. I think that's way better. So it's going to be awesome. No, I'm looking forward to it, especially having that personal touch from the Australian perspective. And I love chiming into Sayers piece last week because she was so raw and open to her journey. And that's so much of the story that people want to hear. It's like, yeah, you see these athletes back on top again, but they don't, the general audience doesn't know her history of four years, where she's come from. and you know, the concussions and just the the vulnerability that she shared is like so much that I think everyone, everyone wants to know, like, it, it isn't hard, but like, mm. how, how do you go about it? How do you back yourself? How do you go and purchase your own bike, cut your hair, run your own team, you know, live overseas, change coaches. It's like, that's the story. And that's um, what I look forward to bringing to the audience. So much. Yeah. Speaking of the Olympics, do you have any do you have any predictions that you like? Just I guess we're more than less than a year out, but have you thought of any predictions for next year? Putting you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I mean, I would love. It's hard to say. I mean, as I would never want to. It's really hard to say. I would never want to bet on BMX being a. Here's the thing at the Olympics too. Like in our sport, there's always like I don't know big upsets. Like at least not making the main in Tokyo or something like that. Yeah. I agree. Well, I you don't get surprised. it as much in other sports. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mariana just get another medal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's got some like some goddess universe energy that just like no she taps that Olympics and it's like boom. Um mm. I I think calling maybe the women's podium, it would be from my guess, Bethany, Sayer, and Cleason's would probably be my three. Yeah. Solid. Tough to disagree. Gonna with which order. I'm not gonna guess the order, but I think they're on another level. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough to disagree with that one. I, I just want to put Marianne on the podium too. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're but yeah, that's yeah, they're all yeah, especially Beth and Saya really seem to separate themselves from the rest at this point yeah. in time anyway. And seeing the battle with Joris and Rome, like a, you can't split them. Like I love seeing it from the fan perspective. Yeah. You, yeah. When you're, when you're a sport fan, you love seeing just two people on another level going head to head, but fair racing, clean racing, um, mm-hmm. not taking each other out for the win. It's legitimate head to head. Yeah. Racing. It's really good to watch. Like it's, yeah, I think, I think personally, I think Romain will win, but I think Joris will podium too. 
Yeah. <laughs> Give me a George and one Romanian. Probably, eight. probably, probably Car- Carlos will get a third or something. Yeah. Here, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> you want uh, stats? I want the stats on his third places. Like, how many third places? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, pretty unbelievable, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Getting some questions from the grandstands, James. I got, I got two more, two more uh, questions oh, okay. I wanted to Go ask. One was, um, so speaking of like you doing the, or, now two-time queen of crankworks. How does it work with your sponsors getting them to come on board for you to do multiple events like that? Does it, is it easier kind of talking them up saying, Hey, I'm going to do like four or five events and can you back me for all those? Or is it, has it been easier just doing one event? So I think we backstep all the way back to my BMX career and I created some really good relationships with brands long-term. So if we look at say Oakley and industry partners like that, Maxis, they've been like 15, 20 year deals. So I think one of the biggest assets and one of the biggest messages that I would say to any BMX listening out there is there are teams and there are opportunities to be a part of something. But if you can put that money and invest back into yourself, your brand, your relationships with sponsors and how you can be consistent, unique, and just like add value to their program. That was really like the pillars which I focused on. And I'm so glad that I have now because when I got injured for two years, I was able to still make a living off the sport. My sponsors backed me and they knew like that I'd be back in some way. And then, yeah, you you look at from that five-year-old girl racing to Worlds at nine to start national level, um, to now 33 still with really core brands that have been there from day one. Um, it makes it easier for me to say, Hey guys, my ADHD hyperfocus brain is now going, let's do this. And they're like, Oh, we, we know you by now. So we know you're going to give it 100% energy. And um, you know, we just lock down from there, the content budgets, the travel budgets, the salaries, the deliverables and, and everything that comes along with it. Yeah. So yeah, they've, been massive supporters for that. Yeah. I think it's cool when it's, it's able to be so long-term like that because then you know it's a good partnership for both people. Yeah. yeah. It's actually um, something that I will dive into next year with another friend of mine. We're going to start up masterclasses and really be transparent to lay out the foundation of there's so much secretism, I think, within within this space that no one knows how what their value is as a junior. No one knows what their value is as an Olympian. And I mm-hmm. think that's really a goal of mine um, to outlay some masterclasses on branding, sponsorship, and nice. how you how you get to, I guess, where where I've where I've gotten to. So yeah, that is next year's goal um, of, of what I want to do. I love it. I think awesome. that's cool. Really cool. Um, and then my second question before we get into questions from the grandstands is what's, uh, what's next for you in the, the riding world? Are you going to continue doing some, the crankworks events next year? When does this coffee chatter come out? Yeah. <laughs> it tomorrow, will come out tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, tomorrow, Wednesday. Okay. Um, tune into FMB <laughs> world tour and crankworks for a big announcement in the next three weeks All for right. women. And that is a huge goal of mine for next year's season. All right. Awesome. Noted. Everyone listening, go tune in. If you're hearing <laughs> yeah, it now, go, go it back. You, you can already look at it. You're good. Yeah. yeah. It'll be the it'll be the pinnacle of mountain biking that women haven't been in yet. That's right your on. clue. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's cool. 
All right, we have some okay. uh, questions from the grandstands now. Caro, we're going to ask you, so I have questions from the fans. Ready? James, do you have them too, or is it just me? I got them too, but you can start. Okay. Um, from Ad- I need my glasses. Adam G., who is the rider who made you have to be your best when you race them? Ooh, I would say I studied Mariana the most. Um, I think study the best to be the best was always a bit of my my motivation. Technically amazing. Um, I think the most rivalry was probably me and Elise Post, and she was one that, yeah, like we had some – fierce battles out there on the track and yeah I think she really made me elevate and there was so many good battles that we had so I'd say probably Lisa Mariana mm-hmm. uh this one's a double shot from Priz419 uh which type of cycling discipline is your favorite to race and which is your favorite or most fun to ride Ooh, okay favorite to race would probably be pump track okay Really, really enjoy that with the community and just everyone right there, head to head, no mistakes, go. Um, favorite to ride, I think, would be speed and style. It's, yeah, it's that blend of freestyle, that blend of racing. I don't actually enjoy racing speed and style because doing tricks at speed is terrifying. Um, and things like this season when I learned a Superman seat grab Indian Air, which is a world first for women, Um to break that down and do it under a race environment at speed in a semifinal was a lot to handle. But when you can like slow it down and you can execute, I really enjoy. So yeah, pump track and speed and style. Frizz419, worst sketchy hotel experience. I feel like we've all had just horror hotel stories at one point in time. (laughs) Oh, okay. Probably not expected, but it would be Rio Olympics. So get to the Rio Olympic Village and I check in and we've got Anamirs and the other like Australian athletes. Lauren Reynolds was there and straight away Anamirs goes, hey, okay, so quick 101 with the shower. You're probably not going to have enough time to like wash your hair because this all of the drains backed up. So we're in like, we were pretty high. You guys' drains backed up? Seriously? Yeah. So oh my God. they'd stacked pieces of wood and then we we're wearing our like flip flops in because by the time you washed your hair, the drains would back up. Um, and that was real. Then you'd look outside and they were like circling the Olympic village with the mosquito spray. So it was just like this buff, like whole smoke bomb. Don't know how good that was for our health or, or what, Yuck. but. Pretty sketchy, um, gross experience. <laughs> uh, that's kind of, that's gnarly. Yeah. Um, this one, the I beds, just, I just remember the, I just remember the beds in Rio were horrible. They were like park benches. They were so hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was friend, like prison might've been better. Horrific. <laughs> I first, I remember first laying on it. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to sleep on this for a week. And luckily, <laughs> like I had a, I had a gymnastics friend that she was done and she let me like her mattress softener, but my goodness, they were terrible. Oh, so good. Um, this isn't a quick shot, but it came to mind when you were just speaking about some of the freestyle events and um, Red Bull Hardline. You did that. Was it this year or last year? And w- which year was it? Sorry. I'm terrible. So I've never done Red Bull Hardline. That's more oh. big bike free ride. Sorry. Yeah, I was getting mixed up. Sorry. Somebody wrote that in the questions. I was thinking of what's the, uh, what's the one through the streets? Oh, district ride. District ride. Thank you. Sorry. I was reading someone who wrote Hardline that I was re- thinking district ride. Okay. So, yeah. Hardline what's what's Red Bull Hardline? What's Red Bull? What's Red Bull Hardline? 
Red Bull Hardline is the one that G Atherton and they, so it's in the UK and it's basically a downhill big bike event. They race it. Um, Jackson Goldstone won last or this year. It's the gnarliest, biggest, like 110 foot gaps. Yeah. Insane. Um, they're making one actually in Medina, Tasmania coming up at the start of next year. Oh shit. 100% not my vibe, not competing. <laughs> uh, props yeah, to screw, them. screw that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. District Ride was the Red Bull event um, in Germany last year where, yeah, it was a basically a a diamond level, well, gold level or diamond level slope event that yeah, started in a castle, went through the streets of Germany and there was all these districts, a quarter district, dirt district, and then you went up in an elevator, yeah. dropped out of a building window into like, 20,000 people, people in like this whole square. And it was the most insane experience. I know you said, you sent like a front flip off the the final jump there. And I, I wanted to ask like, what is the adrenaline like, like stepping up onto that stage when you have, like I've seen the videos of that platform where you're up there and then you can just see the crowd going nuts below you. And it's like, okay, time to send one big here. Yeah, that was crazy. I think the adrenaline and endorphins were way higher for me than an Olympic games in a different perspective. Um, because it really is like that moment where you're only limited by your own fear and your mindset and it's completely on you. So there's no drop time. You can go whenever you want. Um, it's not riders ready. Watch the gate. It's, it was, yeah, I over rotated the front flip in that one and did my AC, which I managed to rehab really quickly and get back on the Crankworx World Tour and, and wrap that title up. But yeah, that was terrifying. I have only done very small front flips since, not on 40 foot gaps to dirt. That thing was huge. Like that, that thing yeah. was so oh, big. So yeah. Gnarly, yeah. <laughs> that was so gnarly. Oh, from, yeah. from Sebas 404. What life slash cycling advice would you give your younger self today? Oh, don't don't over rotate a front flip. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say probably just to put like less pressure on myself, especially in those Olympic game moments. Um, mm to lean into the process more than the outcome. Um, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed by an outcome, especially at a, at a pinnacle event um, and to focus more on the process. So that would have shifted some, some results for me if I had relaxed into that mindset a little bit more. Um, but I would say I'm really proud and like I couldn't stress enough the value of building a really good team, building really good sponsors, building your own brand and like hustling hard because we're in an individual sport. BMX racing is an individual sport. And yeah, there is the business side of it as well as the athlete side of it. And you want to have that yin and yang balance to, to be able to enjoy what you do. And I love that I could say like, I have rode a kid's bike for a living and I love it. Yeah. That's so yeah. good. Um, another one here from Sean Collins, which sport has been, or is, is the hardest on your body? Oh, that's a, that's well, a I think that's an interesting the question. Crashes, the crashes suck, but I don't know. You guys might relate. Like when you step out of that training space of, of BMX racing at that high level, you realize like how nice it is to have flexibility, mobility, <laughs> 
like not be so stiff and rigid. Mm. That is hard. Like BMX racing is to have, like you look at even like Shreva's body, to have that capacity to be as strong as she is, as powerful as she is, as fast twisted, twist like as she is, it's not comfortable. And like I didn't realize how shit I felt until I left the sport and like started getting a little bit of like flexibility back in my body. Mm. Um, yeah. So I would say actually probably BMX racing. Um, it's a very underestimated, I think the demands of how strong you need to be. That's the thing. Like the crashes are obviously really hard in your body. We all know that, but just the, like the training is so hard on you, like the plyos, heavy weights, like that's super hard on, I don't know, your bones and muscles and everything. Like it's, it's not easy. Like that's, we all put our bodies through a lot, just every day in training, pushing in the gym and all that. Yeah. And you'd be gassed. I remember like those gym sessions to then sitting on the couch being smoked. I'm like, Oh, I've got to go to gates. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like I I don't miss that. Yeah. Legitimately. My bones were like squished. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the best part of being done with BMX is you don't like those days you wake up and you're like, tired or tight or whatever you don't have to go to the gym and lift a super heavy squat like you can just kind of <laughs> <laughs> you don't even, you don't have to worry about it it's just the best feeling yes i can agree oh, yeah. <laughs> um uh from tom johnson what do you miss the most about bmx i think it's the the just track days i still go to my local bmx club every now and again and just drop in on those gate nights i nice. think the it's just the simplicity of like gate nights banter with friends going head to head like you know there's like when you just want to like beat someone at, at gate night practice and um I think those just like yeah those moments is definitely what I miss and traveling with the Australian team like as wild as it was traveling with the personalities of Kaylin Young, Kamikaze, Sam Luke, me, like big personalities. I think I, I miss some of those wild stories and experiences. What a crew to be traveling with. Just thinking yeah, about no, it. Talk, about a, be talk about a crew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't Australians start all as convicts? Like, that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that is, that is so, so much fun is traveling with your friends around the world. Like that's just never gets old. No, no. And I hear everyone talk about like on Coffee Chatter, you talk about going to Argentina and all of that. It's like, yeah, I miss riding my bike along the streets of Argentina Mm. to the track when there's dogs running next to you and you're trying to stop in to get a a coffee on the way and like so, so pure. Mm. Miss those moments for sure. Love it. T, do you have any more? Uh, Favorite? Do you have like a Netflix or streaming service show you're watching these days? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's complete rubbish it's um selling, <laughs> selling sunset <laughs> oh i've seen it on there yeah they like high, sell high-end homes and stuff right yeah I'll, i'm definitely guilty of the kardashian selling sunset train mm. of trash um but i did actually recently watch chris hemsworth's limitless and yeah for anyone that's into like biohacks or training um but yeah he kind of dives into ice baths and saunas and aging and all these different things so yeah it's called limitless that was really cool that's a good one uh chipotle or in and out chipotle 
Take the gut. I think I think I think yeah, I think I'm on a James, what's your I think my updated answer is Chipotle too. What's your I'm a ride or die for in and out. I just I'm not I don't I haven't had either in a while. I'm not gonna change though. It's just, you know. You never get to have in and out either because No, so that's partly why too. Yeah. Will you guys both be at the Olympics? Like are you gonna go watch or are you involved in broadcast there or like No. No. Probably watching and live tweeting, but that's, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. This <laughs> Trying to find the online link somewhere like everybody else. You know, where'd I watch this shit? <laughs> we were just talking about actually before we started. Like, I don't know what like, Canada's doing for, broad- I don't know what, what they're doing for broadcasting or whatever. If they want to get we us should. like an, a little pass though to go, you know, cover it, do some coverage over there and, you know, yeah. or some that'll shit. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll happen for sure. Yeah, you should uh, be. I mean, yeah, props to you guys. It's good. Definitely from keeping up with the sport between yourselves, 15 BMX, and then watching just the World Cups online. It's, you're definitely doing a really good job. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Carol. We appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for coming on. It was good catching up with you. And um, yeah, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're doing the commentating at the next Olympics because I think, yeah, you'll be able to for sure give some give some great insight. No, no question. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to throw any stats my way or if you want to DM me and we can actually get into some nitty gritty. Um, I'm keen to keen to work out some some better stats, like football status ones of this sport. Mm. There's high level. There's gonna be some people out there that probably have them on 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 record. So someone's gotta help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like seeing seeing everything from that different perspective as well. True. So yeah. awesome. yeah, thanks for coming on, Carol. Good good luck with all your stuff you got going on. <laughs> thanks, guys. Talk soon. Later, Kara. That's soon. Bye. We keep it going. We keep it going right. now, Kara. You're good. Oh, okay. Do I? You, this is my time to go. See you. <laughs> <laughs> it's our new thing. Hey, it's our One new second. thing. Yeah. We. I. I always you know, find a way to. I need to find a way to do it myself because on my phone it doesn't see, have. See, Caroline would have pat. Caroline would have passed the test because we used to see who stayed on to chat with us after he used to just piece it. So she's used to the old protocol because she would have stayed on and just chatted with us. I think she stayed last time too. And we did it the first time. I think yeah. she stayed. And that was that was the the tester. Like, okay, these people want to just hang out and talk because that's what we wanted to do. Yeah. Which is fun. It's also cool to just catch up. So props, Carol. But yeah, thanks, thanks to Carol for coming on. It was yeah, good to catch up with her. I hadn't yeah, chatted with her in years since Up we years. lost I guess since Australia. Yeah. My, I was, like that first question I asked her, I was honest. I was like, so yeah, what's it been like? What have you been doing? Because she's been doing so many different so, disciplines, uh, and that's why it's hard to keep up. <laughs> he's just just so uh what's up so what are you you doing (laughs) and it makes sense now because i see her doing like i see her on like a a big bike i see her on a hardtail i see her on like a her dirt jumper and i'm like she's like is she doing downhill she's doing freestyle but she's been like uh, going after the queen of crankworks for the past couple years and paid off she's she's won it twice so uh makes sense what she's been doing so it's really cool yeah, it's super badass. I think like, you know what, why you don't have to limit yourself to just one discipline. You don't have to limit yourself to just being a BMXer. I mean, right. you can, there's plenty of, plenty of opportunity out there and in the whole cycling industry with mountain bike and whatever. So if you want to, if you just love, have a love for two wheels, which I feel like she truly does, I mean, mm. get after it. Why not? Yeah, really cool. I'm going to make a bold prediction on what her announcement is. I'm going to throw something okay. out there. I have no stats, okay. nothing to back this whatsoever. Hopefully it's different than the our guest for Mariana like a few months ago because that was a tragic Oh, miss. that was terrible. That was terrible. Miss. So we'll bring it up. we won't bring it up because it was a huge miss, but huge let's miss. just, you know. 
What uh, was your guess? She's so big in the crankworks world, and freestyle is becoming more of a thing for women. I know it's not huge yet, but it's becoming a thing. I think they get their mm -hmm. uh, slope style, uh, women's slope style, and I bet you that's what's going to be announced. Oh, they fucking should have it. Yeah, yeah cause, but they, I don't think they have one right now. Like, they have all these other events, like dual slalom, uh, speed and style, all that stuff. And like, um, but they don't have a like slope style. I, from what I've seen on crankwork stuff, is primarily just men. So my bold mm -hmm. prediction is, yeah, they're gonna get a female slope style crew, class, whatever. All right, stamp Sick. it. Uh, let's stamp it. Um, I did want to bring up one thing before we end the show. Um, via 15 BMX, you see that some one of the guys. 15 B 15 15 BMX.com. 15 BMX.com. Um, hate those guys. Um. One of the guys from Morocco has qualified for the Olympics. Fuck yeah. Dean Reeves. Yeah. British guy. You know who he is? You know, it's funny. I did a I I helped him out with some yeah, I helped him out with some stuff like two years ago with his with his riding with some video review stuff. And so I was fucking stoked to see that. Hell yeah. So wait, he's I'm seeing that it says via the UK. Reeves from Morocco via the UK. So he's from the UK, but he's got Morocco heritage, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's from he's from the that's what I, I didn't know he had Moroccan heritage, but I know he's from the UK because you know I just yeah, yeah. worked with him, we met him, whatever. Um yeah, but man, what what a cool opportunity. You know what's funny? I think in BMX we have this weird, I don't know if we, but like people in general have this weird thing where it's like they feel weird about maybe competing for a country they're they don't live in, but it's so common in other Olympic sports. Like I know, I know tons of athletes that I'm friends with that um, are born in one country and compete for the other. So good for him. I think, man, if you have a path to the Olympics, whether it's with the country you live in or your maybe heritage, I mean, just take it, go for it. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Fucking yeah. re represent, dude. Morocco. Did you wrestle from Morocco? That's a fucking sick place to be <laughs> representing, dude. Come that on. Is fucking, dude, you never know, too. Like with other countries, you never know. Like look at Amanda Carr in Thailand. Look at the opportunities yeah. and brands she built. And like you never know what you could what you could gain professionally from it. Um, like Caroline was talking, there's obviously the athletic side and there's the business side. You it might open a whole lot of doors to race for a different country. Totally. That's, it does seem that way too. And like, there's been some great examples over the years, so he could be the next year, which is cool. You know, Connor could have competed, competed for great Britain. He has a, he's a British passport. Yeah, I did. I do remember that. Yeah. Kind of wild. And which, I, that isn't like yeah. one of those ones that would have created any more opportunity than the U S for him. I don't think. I think, Oh, I think, um, yeah, good question. I feel like if, if he would have had his like Olympic career and been able to go medals in England, probably would have more, I would think. I guess in the sense of like th looking back to what Kai did and what Bethany, what they were able to achieve. Why is there a fucking light in the bush outside my door? I, I, I just feel like in Great Britain, they, they really, like if you're in a gold medalist, I think you're, you can be pretty set. Whereas I feel like in the U.S., they have so many gold medalists and BMX is such a small sport. For sure, he's gained like a lot of good opportunities, but I don't think it would have been the same. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I actually do. I changed my mind a little bit. I'm curious though if it would be like if he'd have to be more like reason why Beth and Kai I think are just so they're so superstars now is because they've they've been like the heart of GB for not forever but like they're they're not just coming out of the blue to race for them I could have competed for Finland wouldn't that have been something that would have been hilarious I, for people that don't know I'm a I'm a I'm a dual citizen with Finland Can you imagine that'd be badass that would have been epic dude <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good you just have to fly yeah. to Finland do their national champs once a year and then just yeah <laughs> I, I don't know like if when I was racing if they had much of like a Finnish federation or what. I don't know if they 
I think it's probably do have some tracks now, but I don't know how big it was then. Couldn't have been huge. No, I don't think so. I don't I don't think so, no. Yeah. But imagine I just become a fucking celebrity and I'm just I don't know. That'd be, awesome. that'd be unbelievable. <laughs> You imagine you're just taking photos with a bunch of Finnish women around your arms. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, back, but back to Dean congrats. And if you, um, yeah, like I said, what a good opportunity to take if you have the option. Yeah. Really cool. So stamp it first, uh, first Olympic spot locked up. There it is. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. First Olympic spot. Uh, how far is out? He's a ways out. Yeah. We're yeah. Eight months. How long are we out? Yeah, that's a yeah. I don't know. It's next summer, so whatever, eight months. Yeah, like wild nine months. Yeah, wild. All right, Progate, you're up. Wedding starts the Great Gate. We'll be back next week. Uh, snap on green. Snap on green, everybody. Thanks, Carol. Well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>